just came to magnify the Lord. Thankful for him tonight. And uh, we're going to just, like I say, we're going to get in here and preach like there's a thousand people. You know, why not? Uh, the, the number of people shouldn't affect your, the message. And uh, I'm thankful for the Lord tonight for his word. Uh, Genesis, if you have your Bibles, Genesis 1, 26 and 28. At the end of service, um, we're going to come down and uh, Will has surgery tomorrow on one of his eyes. And we're going to pray for him. If things are going to just go well with that, it's going to be an improvement for him. And uh, the Lord's going to keep his hand on him through that. So if you just remember to hang around after church to do that, we're going to pray for him. Genesis 1, 26 through 28. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he them, male and female created he them. You can't change what God created. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Chapter 2 and verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. In Matthew 22 and 32, Jesus was asking a question uh, to the Jews, and he was quoting the Lord. He said, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. I'm going to give you my title in just a few minutes. I'm not going to give, give that away quite yet. Let's just pray for the lesson tonight and ask God to speak to us in this message. Lord, we love you so much. Honor you in this house. Praise you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for creating us in your image. Thank you, Lord, for giving us life more abundantly. God, we just praise you. Let our minds and hearts hear what the Spirit would say tonight. Let us receive it. Be better and be changed, Lord. Be more like you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. Hallelujah. Lift up a voice of praise in this house. There ain't quite as many. Let's lift the voice up. Let's see. Let him hear you in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. You may be seated. The Lord bless you real good. I have uh, added some decor to the platform. I will have to move it before my wife gets back. Uh, she she would not let me leave this here all the time. She makes me put it in the baptistry room anyway. So, but uh, I love lions. I do. I've got lions all over my desk, and just uh, my favorite animal. Just love. They're so majestic and things. And, you know, this, though, is not a lion. It's not. It is a statue of a lion. 
It's the image of a lion. It's not alive. No breath, no flesh, no warmth, no fur, blood, organs in its body. It's not going to roar, growl. It's not going to hunt, chase, bite, claw, or eat nobody in this room. It's not able to do it. But the thing about it is, is when you see it, it can cause you to think of everything a lion can do. Maybe when you see it, it conjures up in your mind a video you've seen, uh, or maybe you've been to, been to Africa and seen lions on a pride and, and, and all the things that uh, they do. Or if you've ever been lying in your uh, little bungalow uh, like we were and somewhere around 1 or 2 in the morning heard that, <laughs> that roar, that ooh. I mean, but I'm telling you, you sit up because you know, hey, is he right outside my door? You, you, you know what a lion can do. And that's when you see uh, this lion, you may think, man, lion, king of the beast, you know, the different things that we, that, uh, we think about. It, it's powerful, majestic in real life. These animals are wonderful and created by God. But this is a statue. It can't do anything. It can't hurt you. There's no reason to fear it. It can only resemble a living lion. And you can use this lion for anything you want to. It could be a doorstop, a yard decoration. You can put it on your porch, on your platform, in the foyer, in the baptistry room. Uh, you could sit on it if you want to, hang your hat or coat on it. You could paint it any color you want to paint it. It could be defaced. Birds can sit on it and use it for a bathroom if they want to, <laughs> along with any stray dog that comes through the yard. I mean, it's, it's because there's no fear of it. It's not real. It does not strike fear into anybody as a living lion does. And if you're not afraid of a living lion, you're crazy. You're not the lion whisperer. Don't be getting out of your car at one of those drive through safaris because you'll be on the news. And they'll probably find out you come to this church and then I'll have to tell them they just were stupid. Don't do that. This is only a reminder of what could be if it were only alive. And so... That's where I will give you my title. We are the living church. We are the living church. God help us not to be cold stone statues, decorations in the house of God, only an image of what could be. I don't want to just look like I serve the Lord, but I want to serve the Lord. I don't want to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. I, I want to live uh, like the one that I was created from and for. The scripture just told us we were created in the image of God, and he is the living God. Thirty times in scripture he is referred to as the living God. And according to this, what he said, God intended for us to be fruitful, to multiply and replenish the earth, 
to subdue it, to have dominion over every living thing in the earth. When God created Adam, he was not the first garden gnome. He was not a decoration for Eden. He was going to take care of it. He was going to have dominion in it. Adam and Eve were there for a purpose. They had power. It was already uh, spoken over them, who they were, what they would do, what they were supposed to do, and all the ability that they needed was there. When God formed Adam, I love these scriptures right here because, and you can just go off uh, and preach a whole lot of stuff right here. But before chapter 2 and verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Before you read that about him breathing into Adam and him becoming a living soul, the, the verse prior to that says, But there went up a mist from the earth, and it watered the whole face of the ground. You see, when Adam was baptized, because then God formed him. People think, well, I don't need to be baptized. Well, God couldn't even make Adam until the ground was wet. God, God knows you can't take dust and just put it together and it hold up. But if you put a little water to it, that's why I heard one man say, I'm just a mud pie with a necktie. He says, oh, you know, God, God formed him from the, from the dust. But uh, that's not even part of what I'm talking about. But you think about what God did. He formed Adam, his body. There was the head, uh, the eyes, nose, lips, ears, the, everything, the neck, the body, the torso, the shoulders, arms, uh, hands, fingers, legs, knees, uh, ankles, feet, toes, all the organs, heart, lungs, everything he needed in there that, that had to be there for him to be a human. All of that was needed. It had to be there. But uh, if you had walked up right at that instant, Adam would have just been still, lying there. He's got all the possibilities. He could do it except for one small thing. He wasn't alive. He was the image of God, but he was not alive. I'm not going to say he was dead because he had never lived. But he was not alive. If God had left him there, he would have been an ornament for the garden. People could have come by and said, oh, he's in the image of God. It's just something to look at. And wow, if he was just alive, he could have dominion. All the things he could do if he was just alive. Adam needed something beside the tools. He needed life. He needed the power to do it. So God breathed into Adam, and he became a living soul. You know, in John 10 and 10, Jesus spoke about our life before him because it was filled with all the things that can go wrong. Because the thief did not just show up in the garden. He did in the form of a serpent. And he stole and he killed and he destroyed what Adam and Eve could have. But Jesus was speaking to us, and he said, he's still looking for Adam. He's still looking for those that were created in God's image. 
to come and steal and kill and destroy, but I am come that they might have life. That word to have life there, the phrase it means literally, it means to live, to have a life. And so he said, I have come so you could actually have a life, so you could actually live, and then that they also would live more abundantly. They're not just going to get by. You're not just going to be scraping along, but you're going to have life and life more abundantly. And that was God's intention for us all along to defeat death and be alive. It's tied up into our new birth. Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 6. In verse 4, he said, Therefore, we are buried with him, talking about Christ, by baptism into death. Why? So that we can, just like Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. In other words, he wants you to have life, but you're not going to have that new life until you're buried with him. It just don't happen. He said there is a reason for this burial. You've got to die to the things of this world. You've got to die to the uh, sin and the things that you've been a part of. You've got to so that I can raise you up in the newness of life, the life that you are supposed to live. I've been telling you this for weeks. God's got a way for us to live, to walk in the newness of life. In verse 5, he said, for if we have been planted. Don't get it wrong. There's a big if right there. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, then we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. A lot of people are going to miss the resurrection because they stay dry. you got to be buried in that water. He said, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, you can't get into Christ. I, I'm not teaching a lesson on baptism tonight. I'm just pointing this out. Uh, don't be putting it off. If you have been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to be. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. But then verse 11 says, Now, if you're in that new life, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Life. He wants us to be alive. That's why Paul said in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I have died with him, with Christ. Again, I live. I live. There's a life that he wants me to live, but I can't live it until I'm crucified with him. He said, but it's not me, but it's Christ that lives in me because Christ is alive forevermore, according to the book of Revelation. He said he lives forevermore. Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in this body, this flesh, I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There is a way to live. If we are not living, we are simply, we're just like this stone lion. People can see us and they can think, oh, what they could be. Oh, what they could do if they would just come alive. Adam was to have dominion. It was already declared for him. It was determined by God. It was already spoken to existence that he would have it. But if he was going to fulfill what God had planned, Adam had to be alive. He would never have dominion over anything, just a body created, an image on the ground. God breathed into him, 
And that made Adam stand up and take authority. It reminds me of Jesus breathing on his disciples. John 20 and 22, and Jesus said this, he breathed on them. And he said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. So God breathed onto Adam or into Adam and he became a living soul. And then God manifested himself in the flesh and he breathed on his people again. Because you're not going to have that life uh, without his spirit. Jesus was letting them know then and there that the authority that they would have would come from him. And the life would come from him. John said it in his gospel. He said, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. When the Holy Ghost would fall on us, friend, that's where that power and authority and life would come from. Acts 1 and 8 said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, and ye shall. He said, there's something that will happen to you. You'll have the power and the ability and the authority to do it if you will. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. God gave Adam power to subdue, have dominion, replenish, and Jesus gave us power to subdue, have dominion, and replenish. When he told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, and them that believe and are baptized shall be saved, you know what he's doing? He said, you're, you're going to go preaching. You're going to go uh, preaching this gospel. People are going to believe. They're going to become the sons and daughters of God, and you're going to be replenishing the earth with children of God. Just like Adam and Eve were uh, bringing natural children into the world to start populating this planet, it was the same thing for us except it's in the spirit. God wants us creating spiritual children in this world. Preach the gospel to the whole world, to every creature, so we can replenish it with born-again saints of God. I'm mighty afraid sometimes that the level of children of God is low. We need to get busy about the Father's business and winning people to the Lord. We're not dead. We're alive. He's alive. He's the living God. God is not the dead, uh, the God of the dead, but the God of the living. And if he's alive, then the church is alive because he's the head. So if the head is alive, the body is alive. We are alive. It should not be a dead church. It should not be dead church services. Listen, he has delivered us from death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. God wants us to have life. We've got the power. We've got the authority. We can do it. You know, I said earlier, nobody's afraid of this. And, you know, you get a little kid. You, you come around a corner somewhere and walk up on it. You might jump. Some people's real jumpy, uh, real scary. But, uh, you know, ain't nothing to be scared of. But the ch- early church... Not that they were trying to make people afraid, but when they saw what God was doing, it said fear fell on people. Acts 2 and 43, it says, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. They'd never seen anything like this. People getting raised from the dead, spirits being cast out, people talking in other languages and tongues, and, and God just doing signs and wonders and miracles. And, and they, they was like, wow, I've never seen it like this. And so it was a little unnerving, but it was God. It was the church. That's what they were doing. People were believing. 
that fear came upon every soul. They saw what was happening uh, in that day, and, and the church was alive, and it was moving, and it was breathing, and it was doing the work of God. It was doing what Jesus said to do, go preach the gospel to every creature. Now, the Bible says if you believe in one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. When Jesus would come up on somebody that was uh, possessed with the devil, they would many times would cry out in fear. Don't torment us. Don't send us away into that place. You know, they would, they did, or you come to uh, torment us before the time. You know, they, were, they, they knew who he was, and they knew we got no power against this guy. And so they were afraid of him. And, uh, uh, well, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. But you know what they won't be afraid of? A powerless, lifeless image. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I believe it's true. If we're not in submission to God, nothing will be in submission to us. And, and listen, the, the devil is not afraid of you and I on, uh, on our own. He is not. Listen, we saw, read it in the book of Acts. There was a group of Jews said, hey, we're going to, hey, let's, let's, start, let's, let's start doing exorcisms. And so they go in to this guy that's possessed with the devil and said, hey, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches, we adjure you to come out. And they said, I know Jesus, and I know Paul. They, number one, they know God. They know who he is. They believe in one God and tremble, so they know who he is. They said, I know Paul because that one God lives in him, but I don't know you. And they were, the devil was not afraid to jump on them. They said he leaped on them and uh, sent them out wounded and, and uh, naked and just beat them up and sent them out. And they run off because they, they couldn't do nothing with him because they were just a lifeless image we see them doing it we see them doing it so let's do it let's do it too that's not how it works you got to get it for yourself you've got to have that life inside of you you can't say hey i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, lay hands on you in the name of jesus that that guy preaches you got to know who gave you life you've got to uh, receive that you've got to have that life inside of you you got to remember i'm part of the church he said i'm building the church and every part of the church has got to be alive and if we're not alive, we're not apart. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Not part of the body. Because we're baptized into one body by the Spirit. If we don't have the Spirit, we're not part of the body. No matter what we think or what we say. You can't go against and you can't bend God's Word to make it fit. We need and people need, I preached it on Pentecost, people need a Pentecost in their life. They need to be baptized, born of water, and born of the Spirit. Because I want to be His. I want to be in His image. I don't want to just be a... You know, He looks like He's growling, don't He? But I can't hear nothing. You know, a lion, even a lion this size, I don't want to mess with Him. Claws and teeth. I don't want nothing to do with that. But, you know, he, he's just silly. I can do what I want to to him. You know, he's not going to bother me. And that's the way the devil's looking at some. That's the way he's looking at some. I'm not worried about you because you're just playing around. You ain't got it. I hope you never get it. That's what he's saying. I hope you never get it so he can keep pushing you around. Listen, the Lord is alive 
and he is alive forevermore, and he lives in you and me, or else we, if he's not, we're just an image of what could be and of what could be done. Jesus said, I'm building the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Friend, we don't just have the tools. We have the power that goes along with it. Luke 10 and 19, the Lord said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Just like Adam had authority and dominion to subdue and rule, we have it today. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, he said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. God has equipped us. But I've seen a lot of statues with swords, shields. I've seen, you know, statues of soldiers with uh, machine guns and rocket launchers. They can't shoot nothing, can't blow nobody up, can't protect nobody, can't defeat nobody. They're just a statue, just an image of what could be if they were alive. Oh, I don't want to just be an image of someone who should have all nine gifts of the Spirit moving. I don't want to be just an image of the God that created. I, I want to be living. I want to be a living, breathing child of God. Because we are not statues. We are alive. And again, we are the church of the living God. And we don't have to be defeated. We should never be defeated. We have power and we have the power to have dominion. That's the way God intended it. The scripture talks about having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. To some, church is a club. It's a place to hang out. Nice people in church. I like it. They're friendly. Oh, I don't want to do all that stuff they do. But they're fun to go out and eat with, fun to hang out with. You know. But I don't get into all that other stuff. That's the way some people approach church. It is a social activity. It doesn't mean that much to them. Come when they feel like it. You know, get involved only when they feel like it. It's not important to them. But I want to put my hand on the plow. I want to be a living, breathing, power-filled child of God. Not power to be a dictator, not power to be some kind of ruler, but the power to be his child, to be his church. He did not intend his church to be powerless. I don't, I don't want us to be powerless against the things that are coming against us. I don't want us to be powerless against the things that attack us on a daily basis. We are not supposed to be defeated, but we are supposed to have dominion. Do you know that Adam and Eve had dominion over the serpent? He wasn't stronger than them. He was there. He was in the garden. He could talk, say what he wanted to, but they had dominion over him. You know how they lost dominion? They listened to him. <laughs> they gave in to him. They yielded. The Bible says whoever you yield yourself to obey, that's whose servant you are. They became servants of the serpent in just that moment of time and did what he asked them to do, and he got them. He tricked them. Man, he deceived them, and he laughed all the way back to wherever he came from. Got them. They on the way out. 
God will never stand for this. He's going to put them out. But God had a plan. Because he said, I'll have a church that's going to bruise your head. They're going to bruise, you know, you, they're going to bruise your head. They're going to put you under their feet. We have power. There's a power for every single believer. John 7, 39, the Lord said, uh, He spake this of the Spirit which they that believe on Him should receive. I talked about this on Pentecost. He, it's for, for whosoever will, anybody. Acts 2 and 39, For the promises unto you, to your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise of the Holy Ghost is for us, that power, that life, that spirit. And we have a God, and He is the God of the living. Peter said this in 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. He said, we, uh, if you have, and before that, he said, if you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, he said, you come to him as unto a living stone. He's a living stone. He's not dead. He's a living stone. He's disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones. You know why we're lively stones? Because we are created in his image. And if he's a living stone, then we're lively stones. That's what he intended us to be. You're built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are living stones. We're not dead. This body, this church is not dead. And if we ever feel like we're going out, he said, well, I'm the resurrection and the life. God intends on keeping us alive, not on life support, but alive. He, he, he's not uh, worried about us being uh, laid up somewhere where we can't do anything. He's going to keep us alive and moving and doing the things that he wants us to do. In Isaiah 51 and 1, it says, Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, and ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock from where you are hewn or where you've been cut out of into the hole of the pit from whence you are digged or where you were dug out of. He said, look to that rock. Well, we've already seen he's a living rock. And, and I didn't give you these scriptures, so don't worry, brother. I'm just going to reference them real quickly. Deuteronomy 32 and 31, he said, their rock, talking about the world's rock, our enemy's rock, he's not as our rock. 1 Samuel 2 and 2 says, Neither is there any rock like our God. 2 Samuel 22 and 32, For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? Psalm 95 and 1 says that he is the rock of our salvation. And I mentioned this earlier, but 30 different times throughout the scripture, he is referred to as the living God. He is a rock, and he is alive, and I'm looking at my God, the God who is a man of war, a consuming fire, the one to whom the word impossible and defeat don't even apply. He is a healer. He is a deliverer. He is a provider. He is a savior. I'm looking at the master of the winds and the waves, the peace speaker, the healer, the deliverer. That's who I'm looking at. He's the resurrection and the life. I'm looking at the rock from whence I am cut out of. And he's living. So am I. Or I should be. You know, this line, he can't do nothing. But Revelation 5 and 5 said that he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he, he, you could say he's a stone lion, I guess, but he's a living stone lion. If this thing came alive, 
it wouldn't have to bite you. If it just started moving, it'd be enough to get people running. Because <laughs> uh, that's some kind of weird stuff going on. <laughs> if this thing all of a sudden popped up and started growling and walking back and forth, this place would empty. I'm going that way. <laughs> I hope y'all make it. I'm going, I'm going that way. But it's not going to happen. Oh, he ain't going to do nothing. I, I just, no fear of biting, no fear of nothing, nothing. He can't do nothing. He's just an image. I don't want to be like this. Oh, look, look at him. He looks like a Christian. He looks like a preacher. He looks like, well, a lion, a living lion looks like a living lion. But he's living. So I don't mind looking like a preacher as long as I'm living like a preacher. I don't mind looking like a Christian as long as I'm living like a Christian. And if that bothers people, so what? I'm going to look the part. Ain't nothing wrong with looking the part. But you can look the part and not have nothing on the inside. You can look the part and not have no life at all. You ain't bad at all. Oh, you look bad, but you ain't bad. He's just an image of what could be. Oh, God help me not to just be an image of what could be. He didn't give us the Holy Ghost so we could bottle it up and keep it to ourselves. He said, I gave you that so you could be witnesses unto me. I gave you that so you could do what I asked you to do. I gave you that so you could do what Adam should have been doing replenishing the earth we need to be getting people back the bible says that the ministry of reconciliation has been given to us we're supposed to be getting people back to divine favor with god he's in me i need to be like him the scripture says there's two adams the first adam and the last the first adam is the man he's earthy that's what the scripture says but the second adam the last Adam, he's the Lord of heaven. But the scriptures also tells me that if I have borne the image of the earthy, I must also bear the image of the heavenly. I got to be like Jesus. Reminds me of your dad's song, I want to be just like Jesus. I wish I could play the guitar like that. That would be cool. Have to be air guitar and be uh, I can't sing at all. So, but if I if I have borne this image, I've got to bear that image. I've got to be like him. That's there's no way around it. If I'm going to do greater things, he said I could. The things I do, you're going to do in greater. But why? He said because I'm going away. And when the comforter comes. He said, you're going to have to have the spirit to do those things that I've done and those greater things that I've done. Jesus said, I could do it. It's already determined. He's already given us the power if we'll use it. I, I'm not just going to, uh, you know, like I said, I do want to look the part, but I'm not just going to look the part. I'm going to play the part. I'm going to be exactly what Jesus intended me to be, a church that cannot be defeated. Because we are not made of cold, lifeless stone. We're, we're cut out of that living stone. We're cut out of that rock. Uh, we are alive through Christ Jesus. And we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. 
the church has a mission and a purpose on the planet. And as much strength and blessing and everything that we get from gathering together, it ain't just about born-again people gathering together. We should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I believe that 100%. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about it. Be at church. Be at church. I believe it. But that is not the mission. That's just part of the living. The church being together. But the mission is to be world changers. The mission is to be missionaries. In your home, in your school, on your job, throughout the land, in other countries. Yeah, wherever. Because he said you'd be witnesses unto me to the uttermost parts of the earth. Don't neglect what's right in front of you. Dreaming about what's so far away. There's, there's a field right in front of us. He said, the Lord told his disciples, he said, lift up your eyes right now and see. Right here where you are. He didn't even talk to them about those other places yet. You can come to the music, brother. He wasn't even talking to, to them about those other countries yet. He said, right here where you are, lift up your eyes and see the fields are ripe and ready for harvest. Right where you are. He said, pray, ooh, pray that laborers will be sent into the harvest, that people who are alive, that are the church, that are my body, that came out of me, they're, they're in my image. I'm the living God. I'm not the God of the dead. I don't want him to be the God of people acting dead either. I don't want to be playing dead, acting dead, hanging around the dead. I want to be alive. I want to be alive. I want to come alive in Him. I want to uh, have that, that Holy Ghost and fire burning inside of me. I want to have that Spirit leading me. I, I want to be doing the work of the Father. I want to be uh, helping people, praying for people, witnessing the people, you know, baptizing people, whatever it takes. But I, I want to be the church that's alive. We are the living church. We're not a dead church. Because our maker is not dead. And he's in us. Let's stand together tonight. Praise God. I know it wasn't very long tonight, but just uh, something that I just felt like sharing. is, You know, at prayer a couple of Mondays ago, the Lord spake to us and said, you know, that we need to be about his business. And that's just something that's today has really been on my mind and my heart is that and we can have everything we need and not get nothing done if we're dead you know somebody who had you know a great mind so you know, say somebody was just this great surgeon or, or scientist that they could do all these things but when they die they'll never perform another operation they're not going to work out any more equations. They're not coming up with no new discoveries. They're dead. And so people that are alive got to pick up the thing. We're not dead. We're not dead. There are people that have gone on before us, but, and they're gone, but we're not gone. Oh, you know, we, we hate it when we lose saints and, and people that we think, oh, spiritual giants and spiritual leaders and and, and we hate that so bad, but 
but I, I hope that we don't cause fear in them as they're departing, thinking, is nobody going to pick this up and keep running? Don't make them feel like as they're leaving here, like they didn't do their job, that they didn't train you to carry on. They've poured into us and poured into us. You can't give up because they leave. And it, to me, it wasn't nobody like my pastor. But when he passed, I didn't quit. I said, man, I'm just going to pick up where he left off and keep going. Those people that, that, that invested in you, if they, if they leave this world or if they walk away from this faith, Paul said, hey, if I start preaching anything else, just let me be accursed. He said, you don't turn from it. Don't stop doing what God called you to do. Be part of the living church. God, show me. Breathe into me. Give me that direction. Show me how to help. How to be better. Help me, God, to be part of this body. I want to be part of the living church. While he's playing, let's find a place to pray in the altar. Uh, and just search the Lord tonight. God, make me part of this church, this living church.
Give some guys and gals come around. Let's pray for him. He's got that surgery tomorrow morning. We're just going to pray. This is going to just be the best surgery this doctor's ever done with the best results he's ever gotten. for praying and thank you for being in service tonight don't forget Sunday will just be one service at 11 o'clock one service at 11 and our Sunday schools all the of the classes that go on they'll, they'll still be going on but we'll have one service in here so that people can get done and then go and have Father's Day and do the things they're going to be doing so one service on Sunday 11 o'clock pass the word around pray for our campers that uh, they'll just have great services and be safe the rest of the week. And um, I believe God's going to just, they had over 300 campers this year, I think. As I think that's what Will told, or what Jake told me. It was a bunch. It, they broke the record this year. So um, they had more campers than they've ever had, and they've had less, they've got less staff than they've ever had. So uh, pray the Lord to lay it on some hearts to start staffing these camps and uh, helping them out, but God's good, amen? God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.